0: yeah 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 yeah
1: yeah, yeah, and it was funny i was just talking to sam hemlock he said to say hi
0: oh dope yeah yeah saw him like a like a actually we just were texting the other day a couple days ago uh but uh yeah i saw him like a few months ago when he was in la last uh but yeah he's been on i think he's been on tour right He's I been
1: on, I don't know when they're not on tour. Right, I, don't right. know he's,
0: when... I mean, he's perpetually on tour pretty much, but <laughs> I think their album never... cycles are like two years of touring after each album or something like that. It's crazy.
1: And he puts so much into each performance. Have you seen him? Like...
0: Oh, of course. I mean, I literally do not know how the man does that. Like going on like a 10 show run with Rory where I'm like just standing on stage hitting buttons like <laughs> exhausts me for a month. Like... Like he does more work in one show than I do in an entire tour. I think
1: I know it's like he gets a full like Zumba workout, he's drenched in sweat and he gets into it until the last song. And then after it's he's a he's just I don't know how he does it, he's an inspiration with that. Yeah. Totally. But he won't rap live. I'm always like, do a rap show. I travel anywhere to see you perform. We've,
0: you guys have a, a small handful of rap shows. Or I, I guess most of them are in LA. Like he once wrapped, uh, he once opened, I mean, this is kind of how I met him, was when me and Rory were on tour for So the Flies Don't Come. When we did the Baltimore show, he both opened for us. And then we stayed at his house for a night. And that's kind of how we first became friends.
1: Oh, Uh, really? Yeah. And was that so? That was pre. Was that pre Future Islands being big?
0: No, Future Islands was already big because I think that happened in what, like, 2013 or 14 or something like that. uh And then he was already hanging out, I think, with like bus driver and Rory and Open Mike Eagle, like, or Sam was like at least talking to those guys. And this was around the time that I had just met Rory and then me and Rory did. So the flies don't come. And to be honest, I didn't know who future islands was. Rory was all excited about how we were going to get this guy. Hemlock Ernst the rap on the song souvenir. I was like, cool, whatever. And then like the verse was super dope, but I still didn't really know who he was. And then I think maybe my, it wasn't, she wasn't, no, I wasn't even dating my wife yet at that point. I don't know who, someone I knew, like, said something to the effect of like, oh yeah, Future Islands is dope. And I looked up the David Letterman video because I think this is only shortly after that had happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, and then me and Rory went on tour after the album came out. And when we did the Baltimore show, that's when I first met Sam. And then he let us crash at his house. And when, when I got there, just me and Sam connected on a whole bunch of shit because like Rory and all of them are like a decade or more younger than me. And Sam is a little closer to my age. Uh he's still Sam's still a few years younger than me but uh but we got to his house and he's like a collector like I'm a big collector I got like tons of records I got art I got comics all sorts of shit and he's the same way he has a huge record collection he has clothing he has like hats and coats and all this shit uh and just right away we kind of clicked on some like collector kind of vibe I think and then, yeah yeah. And then we started, yeah, we just kind of started emailing more after that, like we had a dialogue and that's when I started sending him beats. And I mean, it took a while before uh, Back at the House happened, but like, that was kind of the inkling of our relationship was that uh, time stand at his house. And that's- the fact that I don't know if you've seen Back at the House is two pressings. The second pressing that doesn't have art that has like photos instead of drawings. Those are all photos from that time time when we first met they're all photos that were taken at his house oh
1: Uh, i I had no idea i'm gonna have to go back and look at that
0: yeah the the back cover is a photo i took of everyone in ruby yacht hanging out in his backyard smoking cigarettes with him and then the front cover to be honest i don't even know who took it must have been either like brandon or safari Al because it was someone that was with us and it's me rory and sam like sitting on his front porch
1: and actual photographs, not yeah, like yeah, digital. Those actual,
0: yeah, those ones are photographs. The original I'm, I'm so people.
1: worried about the lost art of like, digital photographs could just be deleted forever. Every like Oh, you mean like just actual be-
0: photograph? No, I'm pretty sure they were all taken on phones. Okay. It, I just,
1: really- I have this, I don't know why, but I've been thinking about it. It's like everything could just be lost. Like actual photographs. Oh, I think about tandem. that with
0: music and movies and all sorts of stuff. Like, The idea that people think things are gonna be the same file format in the future is crazy talk. Like, uh, yeah, it's it's very crazy to me. Cause like I said, I'm a collector. I like to own things. And the era of streaming is like a very, I mean, I'll admit that I'm slowly coming around and I, Use like obviously like streaming TV stuff. I used to have a huge DVD collection even back in the And I'm not even that big of a movie guy. Like I just like <laughs> owning the things that I you like. Like
1: anti streaming, were you like I won't use Netflix? I won't use Netflix. No, Spotify, I don't want to like- be like
0: I'm not like I don't have enough willpower to do that. Like I enjoy <laughs> yeah. being entertained, and I'm not <laughs> going to sit around on a, some high horse, but it never has sit, felt right to me. Like like the same way that so many things in our society now, I think like a lot of people have, there's like a pit in your stomach where you're like, this ain't right, but I know this is how things are, but it just doesn't feel good. Like streaming has never felt good to me. Like I like yeah. owning an album. I like, but I'd rather listen to a quarter of the amount of music that I have access to now and like own and love the thing. Like I used to like own fewer, th- like, like music wise, I used to be into fewer things, but I also like really cherish them uh, e- even with it even applies to like music gear when I was younger, I was broke, I had very few pieces of music gear, but I knew the ins and outs of them I knew how to exploit every aspect of them. Now I own a lot more stuff, and I mean there's plenty of stuff that I know how to use very well, but I also own stuff that I've never had the time to really fully like immerse myself in it because I got too many things and Like there's a certain power to having like very little access to very little, but like knowing every inch of it. Uh, And
1: it's moving so much at a faster pace every like, like
0: even DJing where I used to be like a drum and bass DJ back in the day. I used to know every single I had many crates of drum and bass records and every single one of them, I knew that record front to back because in order to DJ with vinyl, you needed to know where the breakdowns are, especially with like dance music. Like you need to know the like the how long the intro is and where the the first drop is going to be and all that stuff. And like I knew every one of my records like uh, now I own vinyl that I might not have ever even played. I'm ashamed to admit. Like
1: No, I feel that I feel that because I have such emotional connection to music. But like before I could name you the album the like the name of the track number everything it's like there's so much stuff that even lyrics it's weird I don't I can't memorize lyrics like I used to it's like there's too much music so I don't maybe I don't listen to the song enough to get the lyrics in my head I'll admit I'm
0: horrible at remembering like I love I'll like lyrics will even like stick with me but when I actually am trying to like say them to someone I get so tongue tied I don't know what it is but my brain does doesn't uh, work very well in that way for some reason I I could never never tried
1: to rap you never were you never
0: not really uh i don't a i don't have a great voice and i know that that's no longer a requirement but at least when i was first getting into producing hip-hop that was an actual requirement to be Mm -hmm. like have a good voice and b i like yeah i my my tongue even like like my wife makes fun of me a lot like i'm horrible at making at doing accents i can hear the accent in my head but when it comes out my mouth it all sounds like the same accent that's like has no nuance at all and i can hear what i'm doing wrong like it's not like i'm an idiot like i know what it sounds like in my head and what's coming out my mouth are completely different but i don't know how to control my vocal cords that way for some reason i mean obviously i know how to speak but uh yeah i i'm just not good at that for some i
1: mumble i stutter i can't do accents like i'm not a i don't even have a great vocabulary so it's very silly to me that I'm a stand-up in a pie. Right, I was about to say where, like, like I'm
0: not. I'm not trying to be a <laughs> being a stand-up comedian. That's with that the is, funny but...
1: thing to me, and I think a lot of people from like my past are like, you know, you mean like marble mouth? Like say like it's it's uh, hard for me, but I guess with music too, it's just the energy that comes behind it. It's like it's like for me, rap. Like I love the most lyrical. Rap, like i love milo but then i love the most like trappy icewear Vezo out of detroit like i love the whole range of it and i think it's the energy behind it that matters in the end not totally. to get all weird spiritual you know
0: <laughs> no but that that's that's real and also different pe- like lyrics the interesting thing when i was younger although I I heard the lyrics, lyrics didn't really matter that much to me until really I started working, until I re- really, I moved to the West Coast and met like the Freestyle Fellowship guys and started working in Project Bloat. Up until then, like, and I was into all sorts of music, like like Nine Inch Nails. I, I was into hip hop in high school, but it was more like East Coast hip hop, like Wu-Tang and uh, like Gangstar and stuff that was coming out at that time. Uh. But I, I listened to the lyrics more like the tonality of them than the actual words. And it wasn't until mm-hmm. I really started working with rappers that I started like caring, like, okay, what is he saying on this music? And then it opened up this whole new like Pandora's box to me of realizing how some music has like lyrics that are just kind of dumb. And then some stuff is like running circles around the competition and how they're like the... how the content they're putting in the lyrics and then you start realizing people that have the superpower of like having all that lyrical content but then it still has the catchiness of the dumb lyrics as well like Mm -hmm. uh i mean i see you're wearing like a uh uh serengeti shirt right is that, yes yeah
1: yeah uh, i am which is uh, like, totally coincidental by the like I, I know really no one will believe that. Me, like he's but...
0: very good at that of like doing things that are kind of poppy and catchy but also like very dense like in what he's saying in in it mm. uh in an uh, obtuse kind of way i there uh, was
1: i dove into the Ke- uh, kenny dennis character so crazy because that to me was if you just listen to the songs there face value but then when you create the backstory and right, everything it's like this
0: crazy slow build when you hear all wild. of this. It's
1: wild yeah. it's wild yeah
0: totally and that was another thing i was very late to the party i'll admit like i was aware of getty for quite a while but not like super listened to his catalog and then i started running into him really through rory and open mic like on tours we did a few shows where he was on the bill with us and me and him like talked for a while, but it wasn't until we started working on the Ajay record that I really fully grasped the Ken- like I knew Kenny Dennis from the Dennehy song and I knew like the mustache and and i, and I'd, I think I'd, i had watched like the Shaq video where he's like dissing Shaq like a few from <laughs> that era or whatever yeah. but i wasn't really i didn't know the story until we start working on a And i was like well i got to like figure out what this thing i i i, I listened to everything cuz i want to do my research to be able to do but, our album correctly and that's when i real, i was like damn dude like this is one of the most incredible things in in music
1: it really uh, is. So it few
0: people are aware of it.
1: And damn, I have so many now things I wanted to ask you that I want to go back. Like, I want to talk about the Hemlock Ernst album. I want to find if you... So he came to you with it being a Kenny Dennis. I mean, it's a Jai, of course, but it's part of the canon. I want right, to so, know... Well, that album had a very... Before all that, can I ask you one more question? I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah. About sure. the tonality and stuff, because I don't know if... It, how do you feel about rappers like Playboy Cardi?
0: To be honest, I'm not like super familiar with his. I mean, I obviously I know who he is, and I'm sure I do know some of his songs. But off the top yeah. of my head, I don't even have a song to reference. like, tell me one of his songs. I'm sure I know his songs. But
1: Magnolia. I don't even know how to describe it. I just didn't know because we we're talking about the like dumb lyrics. Yeah,
0: I, I just can had get to down to with all sorts you... of all sorts of rap. I mean, to be honest, like. Like I'm not really into the I, I'm not sure if Playboy Cardi fits into this, but I'm not super into the like future young thug kind of style. Okay, of, yeah, like, he he definitely does. And people are of, so
1: mad at me that I probably asked you that because no, no one. No, no, not at all. I this, mean, ca- I don't, I don't hate it. Like, I, I don't
0: think that that stuff like doesn't do, like. Well, look it doesn't connect with me. I like Mm -hmm. if I'm out in a not that I'm very often at a club type of setting these days in my life. But if I am like I can bob my head to like a hard kind of trap mumbly rap kind of beat like I I get it. Yeah. Uh, But I also like I'm not that's not really what I ever listen to on my own time as far as different types of rap outside of like the indie kind of more conscious rap circles that I run into. I definitely like can get down with like the griselda rock marciano kind of like type of street rap but also like i don't feel like i run i roll around like bumping that super loud in my car all the time Mm. too like i i don't know like no totally i'm sorry i didn't
1: mean to get you uh, to change courses i just had to no no no. i mean
0: i mean that's that stuff is interesting uh but yeah like i i like all styles of music and if you or in my car, I'm actually more often listening to like NPR or some shit than music just in, just because like a lot of times I want to escape like hearing stuff when I'm hearing stuff like all day long. No,
1: that makes sense. I used uh, to listen to stand up religiously like anytime I would. But now that I do it, uh, like every night, like when I'm, I'm t- I don't really want to like go and just sit and listen to it on my drive. Right.
0: It's also like when it depends on where I'm at with what I'm working on, like when I'm working on a project. Sometimes I'm in a certain stage where I don't want to be influenced by other stuff. I'm very zeroed in on what I'm trying to do, and I'm not really interested in hearing something that's gonna like. I mean, sometimes I do want to hear stuff that's gonna influence me. But, but for instance, I've been finishing up an album with this artist for the last like month or so. Like, I just finished like a week or so ago, and like for that final month finishing phase, I didn't want to hear anything. Like, I didn't listen to the new Kendrick until very recently. I didn't listen to the Quelle Chris album that dropped. Like. I wasn't trying to hear none of that because I both was great albums, in on what memory. I was trying to do and I didn't <laughs> want to hear something and be like, oh, shit, I wish we were doing that. Like, or I, no, I just totally. didn't want to be influenced by anything.
1: Totally. Yeah, both that. I just saw Quelle perform like three days ago. That album is fantastic. And I really liked the Kendrick album, too.
0: Um, I wasn't a, I wasn't that big into the Kendrick album. The Quelle, Chris album I like. I don't think it's his like best album of all time, but I, I liked it a lot and really enjoyed it. Uh Kendrick, like, somehow... I don't know like I'm supposed I know that I should love him because he is a great rapper like and he's very creative and he's pushing the envelope he's doing everything that Kanye like kind of thinks he's doing but isn't actually doing oh that's
1: a good way of putting it yeah
0: uh but that being said ultimately i don't really love kendrick's music i know i'm probably going to get hate for this like i find his when he raps in the higher tone voice it's kind of annoying sometimes to me and mm. i feel on this new album he kind of lost the plot of hip-hop like and i know that's crazy for me to say because i'm literally the type of hip-hop producer making albums that skirt the line of losing the plot of like real hip-hop sometimes mm. i get that but this one kind of missed the like the production on it It's forward thinking and really cool and everything like I give it kudos for that but it's just not my cup of tea a lot of times. I don't know like
1: I think I got I had an emotional response to it the first time I heard it. So that automatically I was like, okay, I like albums that get make me feel you know,
0: and and it definitely has that and and all that being said obviously he's super talented he's doing some of the mm-hmm. most creative forward thinking ideas that song where he's arguing with his girl me Dude, and my that's wife one of my favorite
1: all, songs i love them. that like, yeah we
0: were going crazy when we listened to that that song like without a doubt he is super talented i guess he's kind of like to me like another like i feel similar about chance the rapper like chance the rapper should be like one of my favorite dudes but ultimately if i listen to most of his projects he's not really uh, yeah. I don't love a lot of his albums, but I give it up that he's one of the most creative and talented MCs in, in popular rap right now. And Do think you Henry, think it's
1: because yeah. when you're at a level like that, you have to become a business because you literally are like, you're like a real, like everyone's a business, but you're I a mean, real business with employees and you have so much other stuff to worry about that you, it's like the music. Yes,
0: but But I don't think, well, I don't know anything I don't know a lot about Chance the Rapper's day to day, but Kendrick, like, I don't think that's what I don't like about the album. Because if anything, the album is him doing exactly what he wants. Like, I don't think yeah. the album was compromised. Like, especially in Kendrick's case, I don't think that album is compromised by corporate interests to some. Where it, it doesn't sound to me like. But I'm not better. saying
1: that. I'm talking about literal brain power. When you I
0: mean, yes, I I think that's like a case of like Kanye who's. Like Kanye has been very hit or miss for me over the years. I I admire someone who's just being a pure artist. Like I admire that about him, but also like a lot of the art I don't like, but I think like his last three or four albums are definitely be, be besides also mental illness playing a factor, but like him, he's just not focused on music anymore. He's, he's, he's way beyond being a musician at this point. And the, art shows that to, or sounds like that to me like it doesn't sound like yeah uh, someone that's like i know he portrays it as he's like so focused in on it but it it sounds like the music is almost an afterthought at this point to the brand no i totally
1: when he made the recording of the album like part of the display like i'm gonna put a 24-hour camera in this room and show the it's like that's you're gonna be on cam. you're going to be like on camera You're gonna be on. It's like a reality TV show. Instead of I'm just focused. I'm really just gonna focus on it, and hopefully people like the outcome of it.
0: I mean, here's the thing: is that wouldn't bother me at all if the end product was amazing. Like ultimately, if in all of these cases, if the end product was amazing, then none of the all the gimmicks. I don't. I don't really care that much about all those gimmicks and stuff they did. I don't. I don't think that that ruins it necessarily, or or makes it either way, but. The problem is that the actual art itself isn't that awesome to me. Like, no, uh, yeah. And that, that it's like all of that other shit seems super dumb when, like, the final product isn't, like, mind-blowing. If the final product is mind-blowing, all of that other shit just falls into place. It's, like, all good.
1: But that's I, why, like, that's why I love Griselda, or I love what Ruby Yacht does, or what I, I love, the independent, like, we're doing what we want and it ends up working out and you might not get like, trust me, I've like Griselda. I was just on tour with Griselda. Like I love them. And Benny's getting so big. Like I've, I, I love them, but like, they're still, they're not going to reach a certain level because they're doing what they want because they're not like what, what's going to get me the most views. It's what's right. going to make and me that, more and myself.
0: That's very cool that there i think there's a lot of artists out i mean the whole backwoods camp and certainly the ruby yacht camp are also like that of yeah and it's it's very cool to see that actually succeeding because i think in historically in music and just art in general that is not a successful game plan uh to just do it your way and there's a number of artists that and and it's also very But that's you to-
1: saying that to me. And I don't know, like you know, this is our first conversation, but as an outsider, it seems like you did what you wanted, you had blind faith in whatever what was gonna happen, and it ended up working out. And that's how I feel about my thing too. I had you have to have blind faith. That's true, but
0: I I've also had I will I don't want to take all the credit myself in that there I've had a number of people who have shown me the way to do that uh both mentors but even like i mean on one hand like like uh i mean i i first started with working with like uh like abstract Root and and peace and phoenix iran and those guys uh but it was really when i i started working with bus driver like i saw how he was so uncompromising in doing what he was doing and let people catch up to him. I, I, and another artist that I think I, I observed that with a lot early on was Daedalus. So I, I went to school with, uh, to college at the same time as uh, with, uh, with Alfred who's do you, know, do you know who I'm talking about, Daedalus? The- uh, yeah,
1: not not well, but yes, yes.
0: So I went to school with Daedalus and also this guy, Ed, Edit from the Glitch Mob. We, we all were friends in college and learning to make music together around a similar time. And Alfred Daedalus, I I just never... He was so, doing such weird stuff back then. When I was much more trying to conform with my music, I was trying to make drum and bass songs and like then I was working with hip-hop guys and he was just making weird electronic sound collages and somehow people seem to love it and i didn't understand it at first i was like what do people see in this weird stuff and eventually like i can't like he went through a lot of phases with his sound and i came to really love his music uh but i observed how he just when he leaned so hard into like being himself and how for many years it was a tough road and then when it came around and people started and he became the cool guy even though he didn't change at all like all of a sudden people were like oh shit this is cool now I saw the power of that uh, of how he stuck to his guns but it but it was really to be honest it was when bus driver introduced me to Rory and I started touring with Rory even though Rory's like over a decade younger than me I've learned so much from that guy he's has such a confidence in what he's doing and he really showed me the idea and because even when we first started working together i was always the naysayer arguing with him but no that's not how you do it because i i came from like working with like abstract rude who who was before that because i was touring with him a bunch as his dj and he was very like regimented in like this is the game plan and how you should do things in indie rap and this is what's led to success for other people and this is how you should and Rory was just like fuck all that like I don't want to do that I'm doing what I want to do I don't care like even when it came like even further down the road when it came to switching his name to rap Ferreira like that was that was not a good business move but it was what he his soul told him to do he was like I want to shed this other thing and like it's just watching him make move after move that ultimately is not what would be the smart move, but then have it work out because he just believes in it. And like people, I think, connect with that fact that he's just being free and doing what he wants to do. Uh, I, I think that's i don't know I, i've just learned a lot from observing. like and is I that the play- camp
1: that you're more in you're not in the regimented there's a blueprint to what oh, now 100
0: be- i'm in that camp it, but it was like those barriers i guess what i'm trying to say is that i don't want to take credit for like i was born that way that was like a good decade of me observing various people i mean another person who is instrumental in that who's also a decade younger than me is mr carmack who uh he's an electronic producer who was my roommate for a while and we we first met through team supreme but he's another guy that he's pretty famous in electronic music but he doesn't follow any of the rules he doesn't do anything his he's constantly battling like his team or his management to do things that either don't seem to make sense or that aren't going to be profitable but like he does move after move and they all even if he's not maximizing his stuff He's like doing the art that he wants to do on his terms, and I've seen him multiple times use the whatever clout he has to basically say no to like.
1: Yeah, uh, I respect Homeboy say I don't know if you know who Homeboy Sandman is, but he's the he's he's the same way, and it's so funny when I he's been on the podcast and he doesn't do many interviews. And when I email, I met him at a show, and then he told me to email him, and I emailed him, and I was like, hey he's like, I want to talk about anything but rap. And I was like, I respect that. Like I, he has no social media. Like he doesn't, he just does his own thing. And I love that. I respect that. 100%. I, uh, I'm the same, I'm the same way with this. Like people were not
0: uh, saying that one, one little addendum I do want to make is I think I had said kind of quickly that like when I work with ab, he is very regimented on stuff in a way i want to say ab also like is a very free thinking does his own thing oh, his music kind of guy and,
1: and it's uh, also i how
0: i, the- I that i that i don't want to put that energy out into the world because because ab ab is very much a free thinker but when it came to like the era when i was working with him he was at the height of his popularity and he was very much like yo you should do this you should do that like these are the ways to do it that's more what i was saying but well, if you look at that- his career as a whole he's definitely like an an independent icon totally
1: and also it shows that both you have to figure out what mold works best for you just how some people have to not drink at all and some people can drink some some people get too. it's like you have to figure out what works for you some people need a regiment some people can just do what they want and that's what's freeing for their their soul as you said
0: Yep, No, that, that's very, very good point for sure. And it's,
1: that's the funny thing going back to the Hemlock Ernst and the, the Sam, Sam Herring was saying like, he just wanted to be a rapper like ever since the beginning, that was his dream. So like to have him blow up in future islands, he was like, I, I never saw this happening. This wasn't even something I.
0: Oh, totally. Wanted I mean, to they're old. Whole- his whole trajectory is crazy because they were i mean future islands was around for what like 10 years or something before they became famous. Yeah. So maybe even and i think Longer, some members of they the had band a different a band before
1: that yeah right i
0: was gonna say some of them had been playing together for like 15 years i think like uh yeah it's it's definitely like the an, an american dream kind of story of uh being in the music industry like just doing what you love for the love of it and then some time down the road being
1: it seems like your path has been kind of like you don't you've fallen like do you i don't know if you've ever like the alchemist read the alchemist not the producer like omens like falling into past like you've met these people who have introduced you to these other people who have then right, led I, you to your illustrious career other than i'm gonna search out to work with this person who's gonna you know
0: i've never done that i've always been very lucky uh it's a combination, I do believe, of luck, but also personality. I think, like, I, 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 it's hard to talk about yourself like that. So I don't, I don't really know exactly what it is. But I, I'll say this: I've definitely been blessed, and many times I have met people that I don't know why it is, whether people are drawn to me, or whether it's a higher power, or whether it's some karma thing. But without a doubt, I've had a series of chance encounters meeting talented people and then start and then connecting with them and getting to work with them uh i i yeah i don't know exactly do you believe
1: yes. in luck like is it do oh, without you a doubt you i luck?
0: i do i mean i've i've said this many times in various ways to people but when it comes to like succeeding in entertain in music or entertainment in general i think there's like a minimum bar that you, of talent that you need to be to even be in the room like in the first place but once you're in that room no one's lining everyone up by most talented the least talented who gets to be successful it's pretty much like all luck at that point or or i mean luck might be too strong it's it's luck and fate and combinations of being and the hard right work the right i think time. talent
1: is a foot in the door but it's who can put in the most hours too I, think I mean,
0: that... That, that helps. Like, that's why I said it's not all luck because putting in the work certainly gives you an, a leg up of having the lucky thing happen to you because you're there more. But yeah. I've also seen people that just barely got in the door in the first place and then within 10 minutes, all of a sudden are famous. Like, I, I've, I mean, making music for 20 years at this point, I've seen a number of people that I've known shoot way past me super quick And then come back down, like beneath where I'm at, like all in the span of like a year or two. Well, now it's like 15 years later, I'm almost to the point where they were when they were at their peak. But it took me like 15 years on a super low incline to get there. Uh, But I do think it's a, a lot of it is luck. And a and some, and but part of it is also staying power that that's where, like,
1: consistency, yeah, yeah
0: consistency, like being around. But in a lot of it, at least in music, or at least doing what I do, I think it has to do with personality because there's a lot of people with either hard to work with person. Not that I don't have my core, I mean, I'm sure people get annoyed by. I mean, ask my wife, I'm sure I have lots of annoying uh qualities. Uh, but yes, like, I think all of that should kind of works into how things shake out and also not being hungry one thing i i've also also given advice to like younger artists and stuff is now everyone is so like quick to try and monetize and like why aren't i being more successful? i just made five beats why don't i have a placement yet like i wasn't thinking about that for probably like 10 or 12 years into me making music any I wasn't thinking about any of that shit like I was just doing it because it was fun and it was it made me less anxious to like Well work see on that that's
1: and, that's the thing that I growing up and then being like I'm 24 years old but now that like I'm in the like seeing like the rap world especially someone like Milo will sell out a tour and then I'll go see someone who is a SoundCloud rapper that was the a double XL freshman has a million followers and they can't sell eight tickets.
0: Right. So I mean, it's, they, it's all fake, but like, I mean, it's not fake followers, like they bought them, but it's, it's fake. Like social, it's so easy with, I think in like politics, they call it like astroturfing or whatever. Like that's like pretty much what social media does for everyone now in, in music. Like it's so easy to, I mean, even amongst my peers and friends, Uh, it's interesting how numbers can be so misleading. Like I have friends that can draw a lot more people to a show than me. But if you look at their streaming numbers, they're really small. And then vice versa. There's people that like have huge streaming numbers, but like, have never even performed. They're like, like, yeah, or have no presence. I mean, there's also all these like, I think this happens a lot in uh, like the lo-fi hip hop kind of world. There's like people that Have never performed at all or don't even have social media presences but somehow have like millions and millions of plays on spotify for their music like like i don't know it's just num so many people the internet allows people to like leap ahead in one aspect of their career without actually like establishing a real career
1: but that's the consistency thing that i feel like we're talking about before like if you're consistent and you just stay down and I used to call it little tank mentality. And then someone was like, that's just the little engine that could. And, but it's true. It's no, like, it is true. If you just keep going and you, but some people aren't, but if you keep going, it will. And people don't believe that. Cause they're like, yeah, but it's true. Like,
0: oh, it's definitely a long going. game. The problem is most people have a lot of motivations for making music or being comedians or, making art or whatever outside of just a need to create there's it's and in fact that's something for me at least that's fairly obvious when i meet other people like that are doing music or art is like whether they're doing it because they have a deep like need within themselves to create or whether they're trying to be popular or trying to fit in or trying to like make so do you like your do you like your music
1: saying that like
0: Uh, I definitely, I mean, now more than ever, I make the music that I actually want to make and want to listen to Uh, through, I feel like the last five or five to seven years of my career have been where I've really blossomed into like doing what I actually want. Like, and, and it's funny, it was like a slow realization that I needed to like, like it was sometime where I mean, I definitely know. So the flies don't come was like a turning point for me uh, in that that album, I wasn't thinking of any broad like career changing or paradigm shifting kind of things when we were making it. That album just happened completely naturally. But after it happened and we started getting accolades for it, I realized I was like, I really should do what I wanted. Like that was one of the few times I just did whatever I wanted to do and wasn't thinking about like like one thing, for instance, when I used to tour with Ab, like the crowds that he would play to was that like, in that mid-2000s indie hip-hop crowd that was like very into like snowboarding and like extreme sports kind of vibe and they just wanted like hard beats and like like there there was like they didn't it was like a very specific thing that they were trying to like hear and for a while when I was in that world I was even though I that wasn't really the sound that I had I was kind of slightly skewing towards that to try and make people like it. And so the flies don't come, I think was one of the first times where I like completely didn't even think about that whatsoever. And I realized the power of that. And I was like, Oh shit, I should really just like, because people
1: can smell it on you. You know, it's like, it's like wolves smelling fear. And I think I, I re it took me a long time to realize that. And I'm still realizing it is when you do it for other people, they can tell, but when you do it for yourself, they can tell that too. But that's why I asked if you like your stuff is because like, I don't, I don't even want other people to hear this podcast. It just is crazy that it took off because it's like a journal to me. It's like my soul has to do it. It's weird that, and I have to put it out because I'd be a crazy person. Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by Dope Rapper and good homie of mine, Fast Life Wooly out of Philly, Pennsylvania. He actually uh, just dropped his debut project, John the Baptist, which has some dope tracks produced by like Camouflage Monk noms some dope artists. Uh there's 13 tracks on it. Uh he has visuals from people like New Vegas Films and uh it's really just a project worth checking out. Huey P art did the album cover too. Um you can find it wherever you go to get your music and you can find out more about Fast Life Wooly at fastlifewoolyofficial.com. Let's get back into it to just. Like... Well, I
0: I feel you. I mean, if you're asking, like, do I sit around listening to my albums? Not not very often. I mean, I, I do sometimes to like ground myself of like when I'm trying to like think of where I'm going next, like to like I, I do listen, I do go back and listen to stuff. But once things come out, I, I've listened to it so much that I often like don't listen to it at all for quite a while When, when something comes out at first. But I do like it. I mean, I I definitely like it uh it's weird my relationship to music i'll admit as i've gotten older has changed one thing that i miss is that i don't really get super obsessive over any music anymore the way i used to like there's albums from like when i was in my 20s that i probably listened to hundreds of times like a single piece of music i can't say that of anything in the last <laughs> Five, maybe even 10 years that I've been that obsessed with any. Music.
1: Do you think that's your relationship with music or do you think that's what music is now because of what we are talking about earlier? I think
0: it's a little bit of both. I think it's more my relationship with music than anything from making music for so long and being involved in so many aspects of making music over the years. But it's, it's also, I think music change, like this is going to be some like old man sounding type shit, but like, it's definitely like, music changing also but but I think it's mainly me because to be honest music is very exciting right now like like that's one thing that sometimes is crazy to me is I hear stuff that I'm like dude this is so dope but I don't get like obsessed about shit the way I used to uh yeah in fact it's it's almost all me because the more I think about music is very exciting right now there's been like lulls over the years that I've been alive but like right now is a very to me like yeah it's one of the most exciting times ever of music
1: uh, I, I totally agree I, I 100% agree and I love that everyone I just love the different lanes but it's also I hate talk but it's like it's growing it's growing older so more stuff can blossom out of it yeah how do you pick your artists? that I know it's random but like how do you pick the like all right I, I'll go back because people probably are mad that we never taught like how do you get a Jai with Serengeti like does he come to you with that idea do you reach out to him
0: so in general and this does not apply to a Jai, but in general it's kind of a fate kind of thing like I met Rory bus driver brought Rory over to my house one day when because he was staying in LA and and needed a spot to crash and then we made Worlds to Run that night and I was like oh shit we should make more music together and it just spiraled out and then we went on the tour and became friends and made the album right after the tour with Bus Driver. Uh, uh, then Sam, I met on tour with Rory and we connected. Woods was another person. So I, I actually met a Lucid first through Rory uh, and Chaz was hitting me up over email because he got my email from Rory for some beats that ended up being like the half a beat I had on Rome, I think.
1: Oh, really? Uh,
0: and then after that happened, I had gotten Woods's email through that interaction And then Woods had hit me. I was in New York and I was trying to hang out with Woods and Chaz. Chaz, I think, was busy. And then Woods and me kept on missing each other. And I was literally like texting him to be like, yo, I'm going to the airport. Sorry, I guess like we missed each other. And he's like, hey, you know, my spot in Brooklyn's like on the way to the airport. You should come by and smoke a blunt. And I was like, cool. So I get to his house and that's when I see a sticker for the comic book shop that I grew up going to when I was like a kid. And that's when we realized that we actually lived down, like we lived within like a 10 minute drive of each other and would have actually gone to the same school, middle school, and high school if I hadn't moved, or the same high school if I hadn't moved right after middle school.
1: Wow, really?
0: Yeah. And when that happened, we were like, oh shit, this is crazy. And we started talking more. And then that spiraled into us making an album together. Like uh, just weird, weird shit like that. Uh, but guy so. I think I had mentioned how like me and Getty had met a number of times over the years at various shows and stuff. And at least on two or three occasions we had like had discussions like, yo, we should work together. Uh, and it just hadn't manifested itself. So he hit me up right around the beginning of the pandemic asking, and and I, at the time we had just finished up Purple Moonlight Pages, I was not really looking to do a new album. and And also the pandemic was just starting like, I was in everyone was in a weird spot right at that moment uh and he hit me up asking me for a beat for a song he was working on it's a song that had already come out it's the song jim duggan have you ever heard mm-hmm. that one yeah mm-hmm. so he had already put it out i think in two different ways at that point like with different beats he and always
1: he, does that like we, right? he's like yo, to, i want to yeah. put
0: out the real definitive version of it i don't think any of the other ones are like the right version <laughs> We you send me some beats for it and i was a little bit like yo why don't we do a new song? But sure so i sent him like four or five beats and he pretty quickly wrote back he's like nah none of these are the right thing like send me some faster beats so i sent him like three faster beats i think and then he wrote back again he's like nah i don't know maybe just try one more time i sent him like another beat i think i think at that point i was gonna it i probably sent him like one more beat but i sent him a total of like eight or nine beats i think then i just didn't hear from him for a couple of weeks. And then out of the blue, he sends me like this, I think like 15 or it might've been 18 minute long MP3 that was the first half of the Ajay album. It was like freestyled, it wasn't like in song format yet. And he, it basically sounded like he took all nine of my beats, he put them on an iPod and was just randomly switching tracks. So like sometimes, I think through the 15 minutes he played each beat like three or four times. That's how quickly he was switching beats. And he just kind of freestyled a lot. And I've gone back and listened to that original MP3. And it had like big chunks of some of the songs that ended up being the first half of guy uh, That's he said so that, crazy so he sent that to me and I was just like, what the hell is this? Like, he's I've never just, heard yeah, anything like this.
1: That's like a novel. And also you, the amount of knowledge you have to know about streetwear. Right.
0: <laughs> and I'm not super into streetwear. So I didn't know, I didn't even know, like half of the things he was talking about like things that ended up being brands and like real things i thought were just like made up words sometimes he's (laughs) talking about uh but yeah i was like yo what the hell is this so i wrote back i was like what is this dude like he's like i don't know like this is just an idea i had like bouncing around in my head like i was like dude this is kind of amazing but it's like a huge mess like but let's figure out how we can do something with this so then we started like kind of chopping it up into individual ideas or groups of ideas and i started what choosing, were the first
1: like, saw what beats the first four beats like were they
0: i mean the all most of the beats on the first half of the were in that group of beats wow. well, not all of them like like some of the ones that i added afterwards would be like collab i think was made afterwards and then uh what else the ones the one where she's talking about where he's talking to his therapist and he buys her a couch that beat i think i made <laughs> after the fact yeah uh, but, but some of the original ones were like don't wear that suit ajay he had that beat he had the beat for the the opening number like, yeah. first song the softball game in fact that whole softball pretty much the whole softball song was in that original mp3 parts <laughs> of the things where he's fighting the fight where he's going to fight the firefighter or whatever yeah the firefighter fights for him against the neighbor or whatever Oh, against uh, that,
1: the like kung fu master yeah, exactly something. part yeah. of
0: some of those beats were in there the the final song beat was in there uh i think the paris beat i made after the fact but yeah like about like two-thirds of the beats on the first side of a jai were, were in were those beats that i sent for jim duggan i think uh, and
1: then how did it become then a kenny dennis album in the second half
0: that was all that was all But getting. you just he's kept just, you, those I mean, were
1: different you were just sending him more beats right so at that, that
0: point like we so we started like kind of parsing it into like chunks that made sense for the ajai half and then somewhere along that process he's like you know there's a second half of this story do you know about kenny dennis and i was like well i sort of know about kenny dennis and he's like well check this out <laughs> send me like 10 more beats and i was like all right uh and and the funny thing is a lot of those beats on Ajay are all like old beats like like, only, like, maybe, like, four or five beats on that album, if even that many are, like, beats made for that album. And the I whole have to ask, was, was Elaine?
1: Process. How about a, that's my, that's my, like, third most listened to song, I think. this. Year.
0: Oh, Elaine? Oh, no, yeah. that one was an old beat. That was, like, a quite an old beat, actually. That, that was probably <laughs> from, like, 2015 or 2015. That's so
1: wild.
0: It was from, like, when Team Supreme was happening, because that was when I was most interested in experimenting with, like, kind of trying to come up with, like, trap beats that aren't trap beats like Mm -hmm. i went through a phase where that was like what i was trying to do and like elaine was from that era of like trap-esque beats but yeah
1: i love that track
0: (laughs) thanks uh but yeah like that whole album was very weird like i've kind of described in the past like it's almost like getty kind of tricked me into doing that album because he had just come to me at that time like right in march of 2020 and said hey Send me 25 beats. Let's make an album together about streetwear. I would have been like, that sounds fun, but like maybe next year. I'm like kind of busy right now, or I'm just, or I'm like just doing other stuff like right this moment.
1: But in Uh, the end, fate, fate actually (laughs) created that one too.
0: Right. So yeah, and then once we got into it, and then I realized like, because I was a huge fan of like Cool Keith and MF Doom, like earlier on before I was, I mean, I was making beats back then, but when I was very much an amateur at the time. Uh, and I started realizing like, this is my chance to be a part of that type of vibe. Like, like not that, like at that, at that time, I mean, look, cool. Keith stills around and stuff, but I feel like this was my chance to be part of like, like, a, like a storytelling, wacky, crazy comic book esque, like <laughs> kind of hip, like, that's like a whole like lane i think in hip-hop and yeah yeah that's like to me that's a very fun thing to be a part of so uh yeah
1: that is a one was that is that your last rap collab album that's dropped right
0: Mm -hmm. yeah maybe you know what i mean i have like so many things in the works i forget what's actually like come out uh yeah indoors
1: was that your last thing that dropped
0: no i feel like something's come out since then right not on, uh, not on
1: streaming, not on Apple Music. I didn't know if you. Well, I mean, done. like
0: some Ken instrumentals things. Can, oh well, yeah. So indoor, right? That's the last rap album. You're right. I mean, I've had like some random tracks on things, but that is the last like fully produced rap album. Uh, I have at least three rap albums in the works that I that will be like fully produced rap albums by me. Uh, but I don't know if anything's coming out this year. I, I've had. It's been a weird. Like built like 2021 was a, and 20, I thought 2022 was going to have a whole lot of releases, but 2021 and 2022 are going to be like stockpiling years. And then I think next year is going to be too many releases, unfortunately.
1: Because I, I, not for nothing. I remember, and I don't, I was listening to another interview by you and you were saying like, Oh, I want to release two projects a year and so i what's the change of mentality on that
0: oh it's not a ch- it's just the it's just the way things happen like I, mm-hmm. you can't make things happen faster than they're gonna happen like totally one yeah. of them, like the thing i just finished up is an album with a singer that i had started that i'm very excited about uh but i started it right around the beginning of the pandemic also we started talking. that's awesome
1: because in that same interview you said you wanted to do an album with a singer
0: Oh, totally. Uh, And and that it was crazy how I manifested that because I said that I wanted to like do more albums with like singers and bands. And I currently have an album with a band with a weird jazz band that I'm producing the whole thing. uh, Oh, really? And then I also have an album with this singer who's like he's really like more of a blues indie rock kind of singer. But our album is not in our album is Genreless, i'll say that what can uh, you
1: can you give the names of anyone you're working with or are you going to yeah so the room?
0: the singer i'm working with is this guy i i don't think it's man i don't know if I, maybe I, I don't know if i'm supposed to talk about it yet actually.
1: i understand that's uh, why I, I don't want to there's he, only he's, one he's rule on this that's podcast that's like snitching i don't want you to get yourself in trouble he's in like a
0: very different world than i'm in he's had some like fairly big songs years ago uh and he's super talented like what's so amazing to me is that somehow this was someone that just came to me like this was 100 percent fate like his management hit me up and was like hey my client really loves your music and like it's way out of his wheelhouse but maybe you guys want to like explore some creativity together and then it blossomed into this whole album uh but what's cool is it's just like way out, like the guitar tones are like my bloody valentine but then it's mixed with like
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to is is that your next release
0: well so this is you were asking why things take so long so this was an album that in February of 2020 they had hit me up and we're gonna fly him into LA and we were gonna like work on an album together and then the pandemic started then we worked on it over the internet for about a year and then just like a month and a half ago he came out to la finally like a year and a half later and we spent a month together working on the album Then he left i've been mixing it uh but this is going to probably be on a big not a major label but like a big label the type of label like ruby yacht if i told rory that i had a release and we want to put it out next week like ultimately they can make that he can make that happen yeah. Uh, the type of label that's gonna put this out is the type of label that even once they sign it, it's gonna be like next year that they put it on their release schedule. So
1: does that how do you feel about that?
0: I do enough music that I can put out on my whenever like like if that annoys me, I can put out a Instrumentals release next week <laughs> if I want to on Bandcamp.
1: So oh, yeah. I have
0: enough outlet at this point in my career, I have enough outlets that I can kind of mitigate those things so that it's not as annoying or frustrating mm-hmm. uh but then like i also have like rap albums so like, so like i have a rap album with uh abstract rude that's very dope we have like oh seven, really yeah we have, have seven you haven't albums. done
1: an album together
0: no before. even though we like toured together and lived together for five years and i've been on a number of his albums i've always been like doing one or two songs and mm-hmm. part of it was i was young back when we were working closely i was still like i mean i was in my mid to late 20s early 30s but like i was still
1: wait how old are you you look you look like you're like 29 30. oh
0: i know people always think that i'm 40 i'm 41 actually oh wow
1: Uh, all right
0: i've been around for a while uh but yeah back when i was working with ab i was like in my late 20s early 30s and i still wasn't a fully formed artist yet even at that point Like, like and I think he recognized that. Like I had a lot of skills. That's why he used me for So I'd like engineered a lot of his albums and I like would DJ for him. And, and I would always make like a song or two on the album but they would be like the album cuts that like fill it out or something like that. Mm. Uh, and I don't think if we had done an album together, I mean, I look, I did albums in that era. I did an album with Peace from Freestyle Fellowship. I did an album with this rapper, Dr. Oop and uh, this guy, Phoenix Orion. Like I have numerous albums from that era but when I look back at them, they're not like of the on par with and it's not the rappers, it's its me. I wasn't ready yet to like fully do like I wasn't firing it on all cylinders yet. Uh, you weren't in this Ab, like
1: era that you feel like you're in now.
0: Yeah. And I think Ab recognized that back then. Uh, and this album was really me coming to him. Uh, and this was also started during the pandemic though this was like in the middle of the pandemic this wasn't like in the march of 2020 or anything it's probably the end of 2020 i had come to him like yo uh we should really do an album together like we don't have a definitive work together even though we've done so much stuff together and finally like he put me on a lot back like earlier in my career when he was touring with me like i was nobody like like no one was coming to those shows to see me they were coming to see him even though i was like the opening dj and djing for him like and he would he paid he got me paid like put me in many situations back in the day that were putting me on so i was like yo now that i have clout and people care about what i'm doing like let's do a freaking album together and like let me try and like pay some of that forward in, in in some way uh and but that's another one where like we he he wrote all the songs pretty early on because I have like phone demos of like 14 songs, but recording them has been slow going, like between like things in going on in his life or in my life or in his or like he's he's going on tour or whatever. Like at some point, we're going to finish that album. I was hoping that it would come out this year and it still might come out this year, but uh, we only got seven of the 14 songs recorded at the moment. Oh, uh, I also have an album in the works with Pink Naval from Ruby. Oh,
1: that's awesome! Another uh, great performer. Talking about great performers.
0: Yep. Uh, so me and Dev have... We actually have, like, no songs officially recorded, but he has demos on a couple beats. But we've done a lot of talking about what the album's about. So, some albums, like just get started by like let's make some songs other albums get a lot of talking i think before the album starts uh yeah. this one we've done a fair amount of talking about what it's about uh so i feel like we've put in some work on it even though there's not really any tangible uh <laughs> stuff to play from that one yet uh but yes, yeah, so that's another one that maybe it's coming out this year like
1: yeah you, you never know, know. uh
0: because possibly when he gets off this new tour uh that that they're on like maybe devs coming to LA and we're going to knock out the whole album in in a couple of weeks but you never know. Uh but yes, so yeah, I just don't have control over those things. And and what I have learned over the years is it's not worth forcing stuff. It it doesn't make And
1: sense. then you do have the outlet of the Ken instrumentals the Right can... and
0: yeah, and if if I'm really jonesing like I can work on a on a release. And, and another thing I've been doing lately that's this is going to be a weird weird one to throw out there. It's been another creative endeavor is i uh so back like twenty years ago, I knew a fair amount of computer programming, and in fact, when I first went to college, I went on a computer engineering scholarship, even though yeah, I,
1: I saw that that's so yeah, the only like I class I ever and... failed in my whole career was computer coding <laughs> uh,
0: so so i I knew a fair amount of it back when it was really hard too, when it was like C++ and they, like now these languages are so much easier to like learn
1: uh way to C++. make me feel even dumber.
0: I'm just <laughs> but anyway what i, what I was trying what i was alluding to is that uh so back in the beginning of this year i'd had this weird epiphany I, like i'm not even that big of a video game person but i do play video games some now uh and i wanted to make like a card battling game but based on ruby yacht oh, I really? like have you do you play video games at all yeah uh-huh have you ever? Played a, no, I've,
1: I play single player. Like I like story games and stuff.
0: Have you ever played Slay the Spire? No. Or do you know what it what that is?
1: Yeah, but I haven't played it.
0: So it's kind of this game. It's not a Slay the Spire clone because there's a lot of Slay the Spire clones, but it's inspired by those mechanics. It's like a card battling, but a one player game. So it's not like like Pokemon or it's not like uh, like Magic where it's two player. It's like a one player card battling game. And it's a roguelike deck builder, which means like you start from the beginning with nothing with a shitty deck and you have to like go all the way through. There's no saving. You go all the way through the game every time trying to like build up oh, a more wow. powerful deck. <laughs> and you're uh, creating so, a
1: whole video game.
0: Right. So I had this idea and orig- and I showed it to Rory. I literally wrote it all in a notebook, like just on a piece, like pieces of paper, like all these ideas for the cards and the mechanics. And I was originally trying to find someone to hire to like program it for me. And I wasn't having any luck. And then I just like, back in January of this year, I, there was one night where I just watched like a tutorial on Unity, which is like one of these newer game programming focused languages, or it's really C sharp, but it's like a, yeah, anyway. And I was like, oh, I, this is all like stuff that I kind of know from like back in college. I hadn't done any of it in a long time. Uh, so I just started fooling around. I was like, "Let me just make a card, and let me make it so you can drag and drop it, and then let me make a little enemy, and you can drop it on the enemy, and it takes away his hit." I was like, "Oh shit, I can do this game!" Uh, so the last, so I spent most of January and February because all of the music projects I was working on, I was waiting for people to like do shit for me that they hadn't done yet. Yeah, I spent about a month and a half just working on this game, and I got like about seventy percent of it coded at that point.
1: Oh, then I took like
0: a long hiatus of the last couple months because I was working on the album with the singer and with various other people uh but now I've just started working on it again I'm trying to do like I'm just in the fact the last three or four days I've been like doing nothing but working on it again uh and I think like hopefully by the end of this year it'll be ready to like come out in some way, shape, or form. Now, now, part how does of it, it feel
1: is, going back to something that, like before, was your whole like that was oh, your it's life? Super path.
0: fun. And what's been weird to me is like back in the day, I used to stay up all night making music fairly, fairly often. Like it wasn't crazy for me to like stay up until like five a.m. or the sun's starting to come up, like working on something. If I was really in the zone, I never do that anymore. I do work at night and I do stay up to like two, but I don't do like all nighters. When I started coding, especially during that initial like month, I was pulling all nighters like every night in a row. It was like I was back in like my twenties, like staying up till five AM, sleeping until drinking
1: Mountain Dew and eating ramen. Right,
0: getting (laughs) up and immediately getting to work on the coding again. Like I was just in a zone that I hadn't I hadn't experienced that type of intense focus and like uh just like wanting to do something that badly in a long time uh and I think that's part of what like really got me into it I was like oh shit I miss this feeling like I love this uh so yeah I've been working on that a whole bunch and it's partly it's the game might the game is kind of attached to the album that I'm doing with Pink Naval because our 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 album is kind of based off of our shared love of certain video games uh I don't want to pigeonhole it as a like totally video like I, I think the album's gonna have more angles than just like Completely right, gaming. but that's but, yeah a layer. But my my idea was that Ruby Yacht has had a history of doing like weird accompaniments to albums. In fact, like Rory did uh, that Bob Sun Cafe album where they had like a virtual like cafe, like that was like a kind of an RPG game you could walk around. Oh, there. I
1: didn't know about that. I love that album. <laughs> oh, yeah, Bob Sun, there was like a
0: computer. Like I don't know if you're probably too young to remember computer games like Mist, like point and. No, quick, I liked. You know?
1: I loved Mist. Yeah.
0: So so. He made something called, but they made, like, a Bob'son cafe that's very reminiscent of Mist. It's, like, where you point and click, and you can move them around, like, the 3D scene, and you can look at, like, what's written on a piece of paper underneath the coffee cup, and, like, there's, like, clues and, like, little...
1: I love the expansion. Like, I don't know, have you ever heard of the band Japanese Breakfast or the singer Japanese yeah. Breakfast? Yeah, yeah. She, like, did a whole video game soundtrack and i just i love the combination because i as you were saying like you hadn't felt that passion for something or that like staying up all night you need to like right. it's not that i'm
0: not passionate about music it's just that like that crazy drive where just yeah. like you like you cannot put this down or stop thinking well it's about the
1: same it. feeling that if you heard an album that you obsessed over you'd be like oh my god i lost this feeling like
0: yeah Uh, so yeah, so that's been really interesting working on that. And I, and I think, like I said, I think the game is still coming out in conjunction with it, but also the game might come out before it and promote. I'm not sure exactly. I'm still like coming up with how they exactly are going to be meshed together. Uh, but yeah, so I've been doing a lot of work on that as well. That's been my other like creative. So you still
1: knowledge. been working. Like, you, you still have I a mean, lot of. Look, I, yeah.
0: I have like the type of personality that I get a lot of anxiety or like feel depression if I'm not like throwing myself into a project. Like, I'm the same need, way. That's I why I like work. this podcast. Especially since I don't have like a, a real day job. Like, otherwise, yeah. I'm like sitting around like, what am I doing with my life? Like,
1: isn't that so weird that I say the same thing, but it's like a real day job where it's like you have a real like well you mean i do a day job job. you know it is a real job and it could be a day job it's just like you're not under someone else's like scheduled control controlled scheduler
0: right which sounds awesome but to be honest it's also like it's it takes a toll on your mental health sometimes too like uh and and i and When I say day job, I mean, I've had day jobs in music too. For many years, I worked at a company doing TV music for like TV shows and TV commercials and stuff. I was like their head engineer and I was the staff composer there. And I was still making my own music, but I would come to work and have to be at a studio for many, sometimes up to 12 hours a day making music for them or engineering stuff or, or doing whatever you just
1: not want to create when you have a job like that. Like when you get it home... was like an
0: ebb and flow. Like there was times where I'd be killing it at work and I would come home and not really make my own music very much because look if you just made a whole bunch of money and worked really hard making some corny songs for some TV show, but everyone loved it, you come home and you're just not super motivated to <laughs> crack yeah. open the computer. Uh, but then there'd be times where I would be like just like where I would be very creative at home and I would come to work and just like fake my way through the day. And like, I, I mean, the shitty thing is that was, it was very much a performance-based job. Like when it like uh, it's almost like being on like top chef or something, like there was a number of composers and you'd all compete for every gig. So mm. they would tell you like, Hey, we need a rock song for this like Ford commercial, or we need like a hip hop beat for the background of this scene in this sitcom or whatever. And then all of us or a whole bunch of people like like four or five people would all make that song. We would present them all to the client and one person gets chosen. And although everyone was on a salary, your salary was like some it was really shitty. It wasn't very much money. But the payoffs when your music got picked could be huge. So that sounds horrible.
1: Make... I don't know. That sounds so. It like... sounds
0: really stressful. I love that. Yeah. For some reason, it okay. was really fun. At, at the it, sounds time, toxic. I don't... it sounds like you'd
1: want it would just be like fight a lot of fighting
0: well so the office was really interesting all of the composers we we were very different and we all dealt with it differently i had a great relationship with with a couple of the composers like we had a very friendly rivalry like for instance we had a ping pong table there ping pong was crazy there we had crazy (laughs) ping pong matches uh and tournaments for money all the time. Like you're just
1: put it, you're like, I'm not going to yell at you about getting, beating me in the song, but right, I'm going to take you out. Ping-pong. And ping
0: like, <laughs> uh, But yeah, it was also, it, it it helped me develop a number of very important skills that I think helped me in all of my music. First having a like a thick skin. Like I've literally, cause they would often not tell the client whose track was whose, cause they didn't want that to influence the client. But they would also have a sit in the meeting sometimes with the client while they're critiquing the pieces because they wanted us to hear directly from the client's mouth, like what we had to go revise or change. So I've like literally sat in a room where someone's like, and it's like a hip hop beat or something. And they're like, yeah, you know, and, and they just played a hip hop beat by a guy who's like 50, 50 year old white dude who doesn't even know what hip hop is. And his beat is like two loops that he downloaded are like pre-made loops that aren't good. And then they hear the beat that's like, re- like a real beat that I just made. And they're like, yeah, you know, this one just sounds so like fake hip hop. Like we really want that authentic stuff. You know, like that other one that you just played. <laughs> you just <laughs> literally want to punch this dude in the face. And what, just, I've also heard people tell me that. Like it's I'll take it out on the
1: ping pong, <laughs> right. the ping pong table. <laughs> so
0: it taught you that. It also And just to deal with rejection in general and like just not really care. Like just be confident that, that they're wrong. Like, and I don't, which care. is a We're real
1: being, thing. Like, yeah. not taking anything personal is something I really was because I'm uh, my ego. I'm sure being bad. a comedian,
0: like, is a lot of uh that,
1: and just the on. people ignoring me, people like for the interviews, like people standing me up for interviews, people show, like, it's just you can't take anything personally.
0: Yeah. And it, yeah, I think all aspects of the entertainment industry, if you don't have a thick skin, then it's going to be a tough
1: are you this is I, and we're winding down but this is such a weird question or have you ever done psychedelics like
0: yeah i haven't done much in more recent years but when i was in college i've done acid probably close to 10 times enough times i don't remember exactly how many times but not like some insane i mean i've known people that did it like hundreds like definitely like less than 10 but like more than five yeah And I've done mushrooms probably like 15 to 20 times, maybe more. And and there was a time when I was really into going to rave. when I was drum and bass DJ, going to a lot of raves. I did my fair share of E back in the day as well. Uh, In more recent years, I've done mushrooms a few times, but to be honest, like psychedelics scare me now. This is going to be another like old man sounding thing to say, but like back when I was younger, like I had a, mentality where i would never i was never gonna have a bad trip i was so excited to explore like the edges of where my brain could go and now i have a lot more anxiety built up about that and i feel like if i like all the times i've done mushrooms in more recent years have been pretty low doses where like i know what a real mushroom trip is i've I've done a real mushroom yeah. trip and like these weren't like full-on like mushroom trips It was like just doing a cap here or something like that like i mean i felt it like but totally it yeah out of my mind type shit and I'm just scared to go there and I know that being scared to go there is a good reason not to go there because like that when I've I've been around people who have had bad experiences on psychedelics even though I had never had one and they were all not ready to go there like and I don't really want to do that Uh, and I'm and I hope that at some point in my life I will once again be in the mentality to I mean one thing that's been hard is that back when I was in college, DMT was something that I was so into wanting to try. And it just wasn't, it just wasn't really available back then. So
1: you've never done it.
0: I've never done DMT. In more recent years, I have friends who have DMT and I've literally been in situations where I've been offered the chance to do it. And now I'm like too scared to do it. And I'm not really that interested.
1: See, It's so funny. So I was in, at the beginning of quarantine, I was at a really dark place in my life. And I, I had just been broken up with, with the person I was going to, like, move to New York with. I, I had lost stand-up. I couldn't perform anymore. It was just, like, everything, you know, I was just in a dark place. And I went, I had a shaman, and I did a DMT experience. And in that DMT experience, I was told to start this podcast, which has now changed my life and given me everything that has, and I had to change a lot of things about myself, too. But now thinking about doing another one is so scary to me even though that was like two years ago it's just very like i don't even know why i did it in that moment it was so life-changing and amazing but it is such like a I don't know it's it's a way i feel a, like
0: psychedelics are very much like they, they can be super helpful and i'm very glad that i've done psychedelics when i did but they also are like very dependent on you, on where you're at. I think they can bring out both good and bad things to, they can reveal both good and bad things for you. Uh, depending yeah. on where, where you Yeah.
1: See the last time I did it, I was already on mushrooms and I was at Danny Brown's bruiser Thanksgiving and we were all passing around a pen. And oh, so intense, he hit it, went on stage. I hit it and listening to the music and that was just too much like in a public setting.
0: Right like i even back when I was into doing psychedelics uh I was never that was when I was going to raves, and like I was never really that in i've done both acid and mushrooms at raves before, but I was not really that into doing it like I was much more into like doing them like in a either at home or in like a nature setting or like yeah like all that type of shit like to me, being around a lot of people and like loud flashing like loud music and flashing lights and stuff is like not conducive towards having like a great experience but though i realize that for many people that's like literally the whole point of psychedelics is to be in that situation Uh,
1: i've no i'm just never was really a rave person i like I would take them and, and go to concerts and stuff. And I the genuinely that
0: sh- did enjoy going to those places. Yeah. I just, it was too overwhelming. Like, with, See, uh,
1: I used to love taking mushrooms and going to concerts because the music would keep me going. Like I could enjoy it, go with the ebbs and flows. And this is going to sound weird, but like now when people come up to me at concerts and I'm tripping, it's really like, weird for me when they like know who I am and I'm tripping and I'm like I don't want to be weird and then I start acting more weird so now like I can't do it in public settings because I don't want anyone to be like
0: you're Sam Buck and I'm like uh I'm tripping balls right now right I mean look that that's it's uh, that's some real shit uh when I've the few times that I've been to Coachella have all been when my homie Mr. Carmack was playing so I was there like with an artist pass and although I didn't do any psychedelics any of those times, we were pretty faded a few moments. And I don't know how, he is just the type of personality that he deals with fans very well. He, he's, he's very, he was like one of the times we were like very faded walking through the crowd, trying to get wherever we're at. And literally every five steps we took, someone came up to tell him some confessional about his music or want to take a picture with him. And I was literally like, yo, dude, how do you deal with this right now? I'm so stoned. I don't want (laughs) to talk to anybody and, like, you're freaking me out just them talking to you. Like,
1: No, see, I'm more, I can get as stoned as I want. Like, I can, I'm a monster when it comes to weed. It's not good, but.
0: I mean, same with me to a certain extent, but I, as I've gotten older, I, not that I can't handle it, but I don't enjoy having to be social with people I don't know when I'm Mm. super stoned. Like, for instance, this was 10 years ago. I probably would have taken like three bong hits before this interview. See, I just did a
1: dab and smoked a joint outside.
0: (laughs) Well, instead, I took a small, small (laughs) toke of weed like half an hour before because I just wanted my morning like weed. But I was waiting until after the interview to take the the bong
1: hit. Man, thank you so much for doing this. This was one of my favorite conversations I've had in a minute. Like, thank you so much. It's a real honor to have you. Yeah, no
0: problem this was actually fun because i feel like you never we never really asked many questions or like like no i'm not a, i'm not very... a
1: journalist i don't know how to ask questions i just want to talk to the people i want yeah, I'm being real
0: that's more fun especially because like most time, not that i do a lot of interviews and stuff but it's normally like the exact same five questions like what did you think about Hiding Places?
1: <laughs> so what did you think about Hiding Places? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I will um,
0: leave a little tidbit, because I do believe this information is already out in the world, that yes, me and Woods are working on more music, but no, it will not be Hiding Places Part 2, as so many people try Oh, that's
1: it. good. Leave that. That's enough. And I'm excited to hear that. Um, I love... I just saw Armand Hammer... Uh, elucid's coming on the podcast in a couple weeks so
0: oh, dude his new album's so good so
1: good oh I mean, my god Woods,
0: they were in town to do that arm hammer show in la like a um, couple months ago and I, I opened up for him and wood stayed at my house for like a like a whole week or maybe like five days or something like around that period and he played me chaz's album the first day and i was just like damn dude <laughs> so, good. so good
1: so fucking good yeah and i i love i just heard of that guy prem rock who signed to uh that he's amazing i saw him open up for quelle a couple days ago he was awesome and then the dude caviar too that was a great show but anyway
0: their whole their whole like uh their whole faction of indie hip-hop is super dope too Uh, i i i realize like i'm so blessed because like sometimes people ask me why i don't do this do stuff on this label or that label or whatever i'm like literally like i'm working with the two most exciting labels in indie hip-hop like why like where else is there to go from there there's
1: no yeah exactly yeah
0: backwoods and ruby yacht are like unless you
1: can get a griselda album (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) yeah i know that
0: that like one thing that i do think sorry i know we're wrapping up but like one thing that i i am conscious of and i think i've partly due to why things work out good sometimes is like I try, I know what my strengths and weaknesses are. Not that I can't make a beat that's like that type, that lane, like the Griselda type of lane. And I do have beats that are kind of in that lane. But I don't think that's where I excel the most is doing those types of beats. Like the people that I think are the dopest when they make the beats for, for them, like I don't think my beats are as dope as that. And like, I, I'm more interested in whatever i'm bringing to the table is something unique that no one like like for instance hella people that are like rory clones like like especially like they hit me up like every week on twitter and instagram yo i'll buy a beat from you how much money i got thousands of that like sometimes people actually have like real budgets and stuff i have no interest in working with anyone that's a clone of one of the rappers i already work with why would i want to do that yeah and the money thing
1: i feel that people ask to come on the podcast i'll pay you i'll pay you to come on it's like why would i do that then ruin the the authenticity of what i'm trying to create
0: right uh but yeah i just want like uh i'm sorry i totally lost the train of thought here uh we're talking
1: about clones we're talking about
0: i lost the train of thought we're
1: talking about getting stoned that's right (laughs) i'm not even that stoned.
0: this is horrible uh but uh yeah, I just lost that one. Sorry. Yeah, I
1: lost that too, man. Thank you so much for doing this. When I come out to L.A., we should—I'd love to meet up in person and um, uh, hit,
0: hit me up. I'm, and if I'm you're going, I'd love to see
1: you live too. So I'm gonna try to come catch one of your shows.
0: There'll be a, there'll be a tour. I mean, I've been doing some shows in L.A. recently. Just when oh Griselda
1: beats how you're not doing.
0: Beats oh, for that's what it was. That... Is what I really <laughs> try. Ulti- yeah, sorry. I do want to finish this thought because it wasn't really about like clones of Rory. That was just an example. Ultimately. I try to at least have some self-awareness of like that I have something to offer to a situation like, like where, or a unique perspective. I'm not super interested in doing something where I'm just like doing what I've done, done before or working with someone that will lead me down a road that I've already been led down,
1: and I hope you know, you know I, mean, I was joking when I said that because I I hope I would hate when someone's like you should do a joke about this. It's like okay, oh, right, part. right, no, no, it's no. It's like no. you should make the music you want. You should right, right. make like
0: no, no. I get that. It, yeah, it wasn't on you at all. I, I was just saying like that. That to me is something that I, I do think leads to these projects being special. Is that I'm not con- like if I wanted to, I would have like a million projects lined up with all sorts of people doing rehashing territory that i've already rehashed but i'm not really interested in doing that and and luckily even though I, when i do follow-ups with artists like rory i mean me and rory have a number of albums at this point uh but like so the flies don't come in purple moonlight pages sound completely different to me or at least i hope they do
1: oh they're completely uh, different yeah
0: like i want to have something new happen every single time
1: well that's uh, why yeah that's why i'm like i'm a fan of that stuff i'm a fan of Ajay. i'm a fan of the billy wood stuff i'm a fan of you know like i like all you can't be the hemlock earned you can't be locked into just creating the same thing over and over again
0: yeah and i feel like that's a trap that many people fall into uh especially as their careers progress because it just it's like the easiest lane like, but that's
1: the longevity thing that i mean that we were talking there's about there's people that get
0: longevity that do that that do that route too sometimes it's 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 uh it's the it's definitely the road less traveled to try and keep on reinventing the wheel every time but yeah to me that's just more fun and ultimately like yeah i don't know i yeah that's just that that to me is the most is my favorite aspect of all of this is like constantly having to grow and do more stuff and not Like, like being in a rut to me is like not very fun at
1: all. And that's why I'm so excited to hear that album with the singer. The more rock album is because. Oh yeah. It's, it's,
0: it's, it's, uh, it's, it's dope. In fact, Sam's heard it. And that's why I was saying how I was just texting with Sam very recently, like a few days ago at the top of the podcast, I had, he knows this singer also. And I had sent him like a private link to the mixes and he was tripping out on how, how much he liked it, uh, which I took as a good sign because it's combining I don't want to say it it has a lot of actual hip hop on the album, but it's combining elements of the type of hip hop I make with rock and other things and electronic music. And I felt like Sam is someone who has not only a perspective on what's cool and in like indie rock and like kind of cross genre kind of stuff, but he also understands hip-hop on a level of like real hip-hop and not like and and to get his blessing on it was very cool to me because like yeah he he's exactly the type of person that know that has the right perspective to like know if it was whack
1: that's awesome uh thank you i'm just gonna thank you everyone for listening we'll see you later
0: yeah 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 (laughs) yeah 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 yeah